In the name of the Father, the Son, the Holy Spirit, one God, Amen. Today is the third Sunday of the Great Lent, and today the Gospel is from Luke chapter 15 about the prodigal son. The prodigal son is an amazing story of repentance. It's an amazing story of God's love. This parable demonstrates God's love for sinners. And the reason the Lord shared this parable was because the Pharisees and the scribes complained against the Lord and said, this man receives sinners and eats with them. How dare you eat with the sinners? The Lord wanted to correct their prideful ideology, so he gave them three parables. He gave them the parable of the the lost sheep, the parable of the the lost coin, and the the parable of the lost son. Today we want to go through this parable. And I want to answer a series, a series of questions that I found very, very, very like troubling in this parable. The first one, the first question, and maybe you can consider the question as, and come up with an answer yourself. Why did the prodigal son want to leave his father's house in the first place? Why would the prodigal son want to leave his house, the father's house? I think the answer is because the prodigal son didn't really love his father. If he loved his father, he wouldn't have asked for his inheritance while he was still living. And he wouldn't have journeyed to a far country. He wanted to run away from his father. He knew that his father would disapprove of the lifestyle that he wanted to live. And so if he stayed home, like it was going to be a burden for him. So he wanted to, to leave. The prodigal son, he felt, like so many people, they feel constrained by the father. The prodigal son, he wanted to live life without restraint, without order, without control. You know the word prodigal, what the word prodigal means? Prodigal doesn't mean sinful or mean. The prodigal means... Tarfin, what prodigal means? Prodigal means spending money recklessly, without control, without limit, without control, without borders. And so... The prodigal son left his father's house because he wanted to live without control, without borders. And actually, in the Pauline epistle of today, St. Paul, he writes to Corinthians. And he tells the Corinthians, and he writes to them as if he was the father in the parable of the, of the, of the prodigal son. He says to the Corinthians, O Corinthians, we have spoken openly to you. Our heart is open wide to you. You are not restricted by us. You are restricted by your own affections. Now, now in return for the same, you also be open. The Corinthians, they were attached to lust and attached to their own desires. And so St. Paul wanted to say, I'm not restricting you by preaching to you. Sometimes we feel like the Corinthians. We feel restricted. We feel restricted. We feel that the commandments of God are a burden to us. And this is an indication that our love for God is incomplete. 
St. John, he says in his epistle, For this is the love of God, that we keep his commandments, and his commandments are not... His commandments are not... Burdensome. His commandments are not burdensome. The spiritual life, fasting, prayer, reading the Bible, keeping my purity, are these burdensome? They become burdensome when other things in my life, I love those things more than like the spiritual things. No one is burdened by the things that they love to do. If I said, you know, if you love to play basketball, and I said, please go play basketball, that's not a burden to you. It only becomes a, becomes a burden when you don't like to play basketball, and I tell you, you have to play basketball. No one feels it's like a burden to go and eat a nice steak dinner. It's not a burden, and I wish we could all do that. It becomes a burden when the church tells you, no, don't do this, you're fasting, and you want to eat, and the church is telling you not to eat, because I love to eat. This becomes a burden. So the burdens become when my desires are in contradiction to the commandments. And so then the commandments become very burdensome. The prodigal son, no doubt, he felt discouraged in his father's house, and that's why he wanted to leave. And that's why I feel the important lesson for us is that if we are discouraged in our spiritual life, if we feel God is restricting us, either we will contemplate leaving like the prodigal son, and many people leave the church, or we could be in the church and already left. And we'll talk about that at the end. So today is very important for each person to evaluate their love for God. Their love for the Father. Ask yourself, Father, do I love you? Or do I want to run away from you? One of my favorite Psalms is Psalm 84 or 83 in the Agbeya. It says, How lovely is your tabernacle, O Lord of hosts. My soul longs, yes, even faints, for the courts of the Lord. My heart and my flesh cry out for the living God. The psalm speaks about the joy of being in the Lord's presence. Do we have this joy? Do we have this joy? Or do we, and do we have this love in us? Otherwise, if we don't have it, then the commands will become very burdensome. When we love God fully, wholeheartedly, the desires that we have change. The desires in our heart change. And then they become godly desires. The things that we... The love of God gives us strength to fulfill the commandments. The love of God is like a fuel. It energizes our spiritual life. I'm very worried that many times today we are just doing things out of the sake of routine and not out of the sake of love. And if we start just doing things for the sake of routine, no doubt we will be like the prodigal son and we will... We will leave. Our Lord, He said something very nice in the Gospel. He said, Come to me, all you who labor and heavy laden, and I will give you rest. Take my yoke upon you and learn from me, for I am gentle and lowly in heart, and you will find rest for your souls. For my yoke is easy and my, my burden is light. The Lord Jesus Christ is saying, I'm not burdensome. My burden is actually very light. Come to me and you will find rest. 
Why did the prodigal son leave his father's house? Because he didn't love his father. Yeah? The second question that was troubling to me is why did the father give the son his inheritance even though he knew the son was going to do awful stuff with the money? He knew that this son is going to take his inheritance and go and, and do a lot of sins with it. But yet the father still gives him the inheritance. Why? Why wasn't, we're just saying that sometimes we feel God is restrictive. To God, this would have been a great time to be restrictive and say, No, you're not allowed to go. And not let the prodigal son go. The son, the father gives the son his inheritance and allows the son to take a very difficult path. And to be honest, I don't know why. I really don't know why. But because this is a very difficult question to answer. And it actually leads to a more difficult question. It actually, if you think about it, leads to the question, why did God allow sin to enter into the world in the first place? Why, did God, why God, did you allow anyone to sin? But one thing that we learn from Scripture is that darkness is conquered by light. The fall of mankind was, was great, but the redemption of mankind was even greater. St. Paul marvels at the wisdom and power of God about this aspect in Romans chapter 5. He says, as one man's offense, judgment came to all men, resulting in condemnation. Even so, through one man's righteousness, one man's righteous act, the free gift came to all men, resulting in justification of life. And then St. Paul says this very beautiful verse. He says, where sin abounded, grace abounded much more. One church father said, there will be more happiness from the gift of grace than there had been from sorrow from sin. So in a mysterious and marvelous way, and in a way I can't describe, God is able to make good come from Evil, In the same way that a chemist is able to extract medicine from poison. All the pharmacists in the room or in the church will appreciate the drug Captopril. I learned this this morning. It's a drug for hypertension. But this drug is actually derived from a pit viper, from the venom of a pit viper. And this is now a drug for hypertension. Something good came from something not good, something evil. And this shows us the power and the glory of God. In that losing my way, actually in losing my way, by going off the deep end, going the wrong path, I actually somehow find myself. Unbelievable. In the beginning of Acts chapter 8, you know how the beginning of Acts chapter 8 starts off? Arfi? Acts chapter 8 starts off like this. Acts chapter 7 is the stoning of St. Stephen. Acts chapter 8 starts like this. Now Saul was consenting to his death. 
And at the time, a great persecution arose against the church which was at Jerusalem, and they were all scattered throughout the regions through Judea, Samaria, except the apostles. As for Saul, he made havoc of the church, entering every house and dragging off men and women, committing them to prison. That's how Acts chapter 8 starts off. In Acts chapter 9, we read about... In Acts chapter 9, we read about the conversion of St. Paul. So somehow, Christ was able to extract something good out of something so evil. St. Paul shares his testimony in 1 Timothy chapter 1. He says, I thank Christ Jesus. Look at how St. Paul, now after the conversion, look at how St. Paul sees himself. He says, And I thank Christ Jesus our Lord, who has enabled me because he has counted me faithful, putting me in this mystery. Although I was formerly a blasphemer, a persecutor, an insolent man. But he says, I obtained... Mercy, because I did it ignorantly in unbelief. And the grace of the Lord was exceedingly abundant with faith and love which are in Christ Jesus. This is a faithful saying and worthy of all acceptance that Christ Jesus came into the world to save sinners of who I am chief. However, for this reason I obtain mercy, that in me first Christ Jesus might show all long-suffering as a pattern to those who are going to believe on Him for everlasting life. St. Paul, he became a witness to the long-suffering of Christ. He became a pattern to those who are sinners. It may seem like many are on a path driving away from God, and many are for sure. But little do they know is that all roads lead to God. Even the ones that are extremely against His will. You can run from God like Jonah, but God will confront you and say, you need to change your ways. The important thing is when God confronts you, don't be stubborn. God confronted Pharaoh ten times and told Pharaoh, you need to... Change your way. You need to change your way. You need to change your way. But Pharaoh, stubborn. Akid, yani, lahist Pharaoh da, mungkin yikun min al-sayid. Yani, hawa, like, stubborn, awi, awi, awi. He doesn't listen to the word of God. And God's doing signs and wonders, and he's not changing his way. So, Pharaoh, Pharaoh passed. So why did the father give the son his inheritance? It led to a greater good. The son returned, no longer resenting his father's house. No longer saying, this father's house is so restricting. He came back loving his father's house. Said, I would rather just be a servant in this father's house. I want to be in the father's house. Yani, you think the prodigal son could ever leave again? After this? After the way the father treated him? I don't think so. You think St. Paul could ever leave after the grace that was given to him? I don't think so. The grace of God became a seal on St. Paul. It became confirmation for his salvation. So sometimes sin can lead to the grace of God. Where sin abounds, grace abounds 
much more. The last question I want to discuss with you is why was the older son upset? Why was the older son upset? Our Lord, he's the best storyteller that ever lived. And every detail in the story has so much meaning. And that's why, ironically, the elder son was outside the house. And he hears the music and the party happening inside. And just as the father ran to go meet the prodigal son, the father realized, hey man, where is my my older son, and he went out of his house to meet the older son. So the older, house, the older son, not in the, not in the house. The father, or the, the elder son said, Lo, these many years I have been serving you, and I never transgressed your commandment at any time. Yet you never gave me a young goat that I might make merry with my friends. The older son was serving the father, but he doesn't know the will of the father. It seems to me he's interested in the wealth of his father. He wants the fatted calf for himself. He doesn't care. He's only thinking about, oh, what about my inheritance? Is there another portion of the inheritance? Is this son going to take another portion? I only want my inheritance. But just like we talked about the church in Corinth... They thought they were good because they were living in the house. He thought he was good because he was serving in the house. But he didn't love the Father as well. Just like the church in Corinth, they thought they were nice because they could speak in tongues. They thought they had spiritual gifts. They thought they were like wonderful, marvelous people doing miracles. And St. Paul had to tell the church in Corinth, Even if man speaks with tongues of man, but has not love, he is nothing. This son thought he was something, but in actuality he was lacking love, so he was nothing, nothing. And the elder brother, not only lacking in love for his father, also lacking in love for his his brother. He didn't love his brother. And the question for us, do we love our brothers? Yanni, St. John, he says in his, epistle, in his epistle, and think about this in context to the, the parable son. He who says he is in the light, but hates his brother, is in darkness until now. Tabil elder son, is in light or in darkness? In darkness. He who loves his brother abides in light, and there is no cause for stumbling in him. But he who hates his brother is in darkness and walks in darkness, and does not know where he is going because the darkness has blinded his eyes. The father had to remind him, son... You are always with me. Everything that I have is yours. Your, your brother was dead, but now he's alive. We should, be rejo- we should rejoice and be merry. Remember the psalm that I shared with you at the beginning? The psalm was from Psalm 83. The end of that psalm says something very nice. It says, For a day in your courts, is better than a thousand. One day in your courts is better than a thousand. I would rather be the doorkeeper in the house of God than to dwell in the, twelfth, the tents of the wicked. I would rather be al-bawab and like have the, meaningless, the most meaningless role, but to be in the church better than to be outside. I wonder, you think the older son can be, was thinking like this? I would rather, Father, I'm so gracious to be in your house. I would just love to be a bawab in your, in your house. The older son, Makanshi, be fucker, kid, 
Older son thinking, my inheritance, this son of yours did this, 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 this. The, the older son not thinking that there's forgiveness of sin for anyone, judging everyone. I want to be like the older son. <laughs> Even we're in the church, we could be like the older son. The gospel of today, we learn several lessons. We learn that God is not restricting us. His ways are not burdensome. His yoke is easy. His burden is... His light. But the question is, do we love God? The second thing we learn, that all things lead to a greater good. All things lead to a greater good. If you humble yourself like the prodigal son and come to your senses, arise and go to the Father. And the third thing we learn from the older son is that we should, even if we're in the house, we need to check ourselves and ask ourselves, do we really have the love of God? It all comes back to love. I would love to be in the house of God more than dwell in the tents of the wicked. And glory be to God forever. Amen. Amen.